Welcome. You're listening to a UC Davis Center for Poverty Research conference podcast. I'm the center's director, Ann Stevens. In November 2013, the center hosted the conference, The Affordable Care Act and Low-Income Populations, Lessons from and Challenges for Research. The conference featured top healthcare experts from across the country to discuss the rollout of the Affordable Care Act and what the new system means for poverty in the United States. In this presentation, Tom DeLear discusses his research on how the Affordable Care Act might affect how childless adults use healthcare. DeLear is a professor of public policy at Georgetown University. One of the largest pieces of expansion under the Affordable Care Act in Medicaid is to extend Medicaid to all adults. And this is obviously depending on how many states take up the Medicaid um, expansion of the Affordable Care Act. But this is a new population that, to a large degree, is going to be newly covered under Medicaid in many, many states. So what do we know about the effect of extending Medicaid coverage to child adults will be on um, on uh, use of health care. turns out that despite the fact that, as this graph might, uh, picture might have suggested, we haven't had a lot of experience covering childless adults under Medicaid. We do know a little bit now because a few states have started expanding um, their, their you know, through state-only expansions, have started extending their programs to childless adults. And we have a little bit of um, experience now in seeing what has happened uh, in those states. So um, what I'm going to do is talk about some two recent studies, sets of studies. One, which was uh, I um, maybe many of you have heard about, uh, briefly summarize what we know from the Oregon Health um, Insurance Experiment. And then I'll talk about some studies that we've done in the state of Wisconsin uh, on a similar program, uh, the Wisconsin Core Plan for Child Adults. So, um, but before I get into that, we've known it's very important in understanding um, what the impacts of these expansions are on the use of healthcare to use um, either experimental or pretty good quasi-experimental design. And so we actually have, there's a lot of studies that have been done, probably thousands of studies that have been done, compa- either comparing uninsured populations to privately insured populations and seeing how they use healthcare. And um, not surprisingly, uh, they find that uninsured populations use have a lot you know, worse access to care than insured populations, which almost certainly is true. But the degree, how large that gap actually is, is a big question mark because you know, people who really want to have services will have slightly, you know, might be more likely to go out and get private insurance or enroll public, uh, public insurance. Similarly, Results, uh, a lot of studies have compared Medicaid-covered individuals to either privately-covered individuals, even sometimes uninsured individuals, and found that Medicaid populations have worse outcomes in terms of health and things like this. And this sort of cross-sectional comparisons can be quite misleading. I find it very unlikely that Medicaid actually hurts people, but you can find studies that suggest that they do by just comparing these two populations without doing suitable adjustment. So these types of designs can be very helpful in improving our understanding of what the actual impacts of these types of coverage expansions might be. So whether you use random assignment, or such as the Oregon Health Insurance Experiment did, or use automatic enrollment, such as our study took advantage of, or some kind of natural experiment that we saw in um, the study by uh, uh, Craig that he presented earlier when Tennessee kicked 170,000 people off of its rolls, you know, not so he could do his study, but 
took advantage of that to, to try and look at some, some outcomes. These types of experimental or quasi-experimental designs can be very helpful. So otherwise, you know, we'd ideally like to be in a situation where we're doing something like a randomized experiment rather than just, just comparing populations, some of which chose insurance and some of which didn't. Okay. So let me talk a little bit, very briefly, about the Oregon study. Um, you guys here probably actually know where Oregon is. But the Oregon experiment, what it did was the, um, the Oregon's Medicaid expansion program for poor adults, which was the OHP standard, uh, opened up a waiting list for people who wanted to get on the program. And then when, um, when funding was available, they randomly selected people from that waiting list to be actually be given the opportunity to enroll in the program. And so essentially, they had about roughly 90,000 people on their waiting list. And they randomly selected 30,000 people to be given the opportunity to enroll, of which 10,000 people actually enrolled in the program. And so what their, their study is really about is comparing people, the lottery winners, people who were given the opportunity to enroll, with a lot of the losers, the people who weren't given the opportunity to enroll, all of them wanted to enroll, at least at one point, and then uh, assume quite reasonably that all of the differences between those two groups is driven by the fact that 10,000 of this group were actually able to enroll into the program. So what did they find? They looked at um, the effect of this enrollment on medical care utilization. Uh, they also looked at measures of financial well-being, much like Sarah looked at. And they also looked at some measures of self-reported health. And in subsequent studies, they looked at some, some clinical uh, measures and some uh, measures of, 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 um, of um, mental, mental health. So what did they find? They found, first of all, a very large increase in the probability of the inpatient hospitalization, a 30% increase in this probability. Um, they also found an even larger increase in the probability of, of of an individual having an outpatient visit. Um, these two, uh, the increased inpatient hospitalizations, increased outpatient visits, you know, strongly suggested that the lack of access to a health insurance program uh, impeded the ability of individuals to access health care. And um, in both cases, once it, the individuals were able to enroll into a Medicaid-like program, their, uh, their utilization went up. They also found an increase in the probability of taking of having a prescription drug, and an increase in the probability of an emergency department visit, but this increase was very small and not statistically zero. Uh, adding all these changes up, they found an increase in spending, a 25% increase in total Medicare spend, medical spending for this group, comparing the treatment and the control. So um, overall, this study found an increase in utilization, and an increase in cost. So maybe the hope for finding that increased expansion of Medicaid might bend the cost curve in some way and save money weren't realized, at least in, in this study. Uh, what did we find in Wisconsin? This was the view from my office up until the last year. Um, so. The, um, so basically, in Wisconsin, prior, this is prior to the Affordable Care Act, Wisconsin, as part of its goal, sought to um, insure 98% of its citizens. And it um, did this, and it didn't achieve that goal, but that was the goal. And um, it, it did this in a few steps. First, it expanded uh, its standard, um, what 
uh, Medicaid CHIP program, which is called BadgerCare in Wisconsin, to cover potentially all kids in the state, and they also did a substantial expansion in coverage eligibility to adults, uh, parents, and, um, and caretakers, and also did a lot of simplification and improvements in the program. Um, the second part, of, that was done in 2008. The second part of this, in 2009, they created a coverage expansion to childless adults with incomes below 200% of the federal poverty line. This was called the Badger Care Core Plan. And it's the second uh, expansion is what I'm going to talk about um, right now. So how did the Core Plan for Childless Adults affect the use of health care? Um, we have two different studies that we were able to examine um, in Wisconsin. One was focused on a population in Milwaukee County, um, and one which was focused on a, a rural population in, uh, in the Marshfield area uh, of Wisconsin. And um, so these two populations are quite different from one another. In the Milwaukee uh, study, we were focused on um, people below the poverty line uh, who had previously been receiving some services through the county safety net programs that were in place in the county. And these individuals, the state did something which is not the, the focus of our study, which I think is very innovative, is they automatically enrolled these individuals into the Medicaid program. They weren't given the, they didn't wait around to have them sign up because some of this, was, we talked a little bit about this in the previous session, a lot of these individuals might not sign up for the program. And so the state, because they had been receiving services through the county safety net, they knew about them, they went ahead and signed them up automatically. Um, and um, this is, but this population, it's an indigent population, high rates of chronic illness, use the, the, the health safety net. Uh, so they have very high rates of chronic illness relative to a typical uninsured individual in Wisconsin. Um, the, um, Rural Wisconsin population, we have a very a similar design. This was a low-income population, population up to 200% of the federal poverty line, who had been receiving services from the Marshfield Clinic in some way or another. Once in this area, the Marshfield Clinic is the dominant provider. Um, and they, they, I don't know if own is the right word, but they manage the community health centers, the clinics there. So if an uninsured person in this area is receiving care at all, it's with a very, very high likelihood they were receiving it from the Marshfield Clinic or one of their affiliated providers. Um, the Marshfield Clinic knew about the core plan. They knew these individuals were receiving care, uncompensated care from them through their clinics. They made a very, very high effort to try to get these individuals to enroll. They were not automatically enrolled, but there was a lot of outreach, a lot of effort by the clinic to get them enrolled in Medicaid because they believed it was in the interest of the individuals to get enrolled in Medicaid, but also help the clinic in terms of their reimbursement rates. So the incentives were aligned to get everyone enrolled there. Um, this population was probably more representative of uninsured population, at least representative of the rural part of the state than, uh, than the, the population that we were looking at in, uh, in Milwaukee. Okay. So we look at three different sets of outcomes. We're looking at our, our uh, use of healthcare. We're going to be looking at Outpatient visits and various categories of outpatient visits. We look at emergency department visits and also trying to separate out ambulatory care sensitive visits from non-ambulatory care sensitive visits. And also looking at hospitalizations and then some, some look at hospitalizations by, by cause as well. So we're not looking at prescription drugs here. We're not looking at um, uh, psychiatric visits or anything like that. Just these, these types of things. 
So our data um, for our Milwaukee study come from the state of Wisconsin. We're using administrative claims and encounters, both from that came from the county when they were running the safety the, 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 uh, from the health safety net, which were then transmitted to the state, and then also um, from the state Medicaid system from the core plan. And um, this is um, Baskin Hall on the University of Wisconsin campus. This is the state capital. These are about a mile and a half from one another down State Street. And so, luckily, the proximity of the state to the university has facilitated a lot of great collaborations between the university and the state, one of which included this, these data share. So, the data, the state Medicaid system data are all housed at the university. And so, and we have um, some pretty long standing and, and well established data use agreements to be able to do analysis like this in a collaborative setting with the, with the state. Uh, so, of this population in Milwaukee uh, that were automatically signed up for the program, which the state called the transitional core population, that's not important, but this is, uh, there were about uh, 13,000 individuals who were automatically enrolled into the Medicaid program um, from Milwaukee. We were able to successfully match 9,600 of them across these administrative databases. The ones who were unmatched didn't look very different from the ones that we were able to match, but in, you know, they just, we were, able, we were trying to match them to social security number, and um, quite frankly, they weren't always maybe uh, uh, in the data properly for, for one reason or another. So we're gonna be focusing on the ones that were successfully matched. As I mentioned, this Milwaukee population uh, was a very poor population, had been receiving services, and they appeared to have very high rates of chronic illness. So they weren't necessarily representative of what you would think a typical uninsured person would be, but they're a very important population, because not surprisingly, the chronically ill are high uses of services. And maybe that's where you're gonna get the biggest return for coverage expansions is from this type of population. So for example, 27% of our, our, of our population uh, um, were, were, had depression. These are from um, the claims data that we're getting. These aren't self-reported, these are, are would be physician claims, 50% had hypertension, half the sample had hypertension, 27% um, had diabetes, overall 82% of our sample had one chronic illness or another. Um, so what did we find from this group? So we were able to compare very simply the utilization of health services for this uninsured group in the year prior to their enrollment into the bad care core plan, when they were uninsured, with their utilization the, year, the first year following their, their insurance enrollment. We found, perhaps not surprisingly, that their use of outpatient services went up quite a bit, by about 30%. Almost the same as they found in Oregon. Um, and this, um, where this, this increase come from? It came predominantly from increase in specialty visits. Primary care visits went up, but to a much lesser degree than specialty visits, which makes sense given that the, the place where these individuals would have been receiving care while uninsured is primarily community health centers, which has a real primary care focus. Um, what about emergency department? We also found, uh, it was surprising to our partners at the state, but maybe not that surprising to researchers, that emergency department visits went up as well. They had been hoping, I think, that to find emergency department visits fall. We found the opposite. Um, substantial 46% uh, increase in emergency department visits. Um, 
individuals who are uninsured, you know, even though they're poor, unlikely to pay, still can be charged and billed and, um, and maybe deterred from using the emergency department. Um, and so we found that this financial, you know, disincentive went away and use of services went up a fair bit. Um, and moreover, we found that most of this increase took place for non, for, um, for ambulatory care sensitive visits. These are visits to the emergency department that could have taken place in a primary care setting, is the idea. We found no increase in, um, in, in visits for due to injuries, or visits maybe that, loosely speaking, might be termed true emergencies, which uh, is reassuring that this, is, this response is due to a change in insurance status and not due to something um, else that was going on. But we, at the same time, we found a very, very dramatic decline in the rates of inpatient hospitals. 59% decline, and um, which is, you know, just to remind you, the exact opposite of what they found in the Oregon Health Insurance Experiment, where they found a big increase in uh, hospitalizations. And so, um, and at the same time, we found reductions in hospitalizations in uh, almost all, all but one measures of, of, of um, PQIs, preventive quality indices. These are hospitalizations that hopefully would not occur for a population that was well covered with primary care. So hopefully if an individual is, has access to prescription drugs, has access to primary care, is seeing a doctor on at least a regular basis, if, if they have hypertension, hypertension can be managed, hopefully they would never end up in the hospital due to hypertension. And so this is Again, consistent with the idea that this, these declines in the hospitalization that are occurring for this very chronically ill population are occurring perhaps because of the increase in access to primary care um, that, that, that occurred due to the uh, Medicaid expansion in this group. Um, what about costs? We don't, as, as Dr. Katz mentioned earlier, it's hard to measure costs in the safety care in that setting, so what do we do? We infer uh, we use Medicaid's, Wisconsin State Medicaid fee-for-service reimbursement rates as our measure of cost and then use, a, uh, use that to, to figure out what a good approximate change in the cost of, uh, of for these populations have occurred. And we found that overall, cost fell 10% for this population. In, in basically, even though outpatient services went up, ED visits went up, the decline in hospitalizations are large enough and hospitalizations themselves are expensive enough as to, on net, less was spent on this population uh, when insured than when uninsured, which is a remarkable result and one which I wish we could easily repl uh, replicate in other places and probably can't be. This is a sort of a special population, a very chronically ill group. So in summary, we found that um, an increase in outpatient care, an increase in, uh, uh, um, in uh, emergency department visits um, that was driven by ambulatory care sensitive visits and, and a large decline in hospitalization and, and, and net a small decline in costs as a result, but a decline. Remember in Oregon they found a 25% increase in costs along with suspensions. 10% decline is a big deviation from that. Okay, what about in rural Wisconsin? So we strive here to have a very similar research design to what we found in Milwaukee. Um, our data actually come from the Marshfield Clinic in this case. And so we um, uh, uh, are not 
entirely on their data system and their encounters uh, to, to measure all these outcomes. And as I mentioned, the Marshfield Clinic is a very diverse set of hospitals, providers, provider groups in rural Wisconsin, and um, it's the really dominant provider in, in, in northern Wisconsin. So we um, had about 65,000 low-income, previously uninsured adults who had been receiving some kind of uncompensated care from the Marshfield Clinic, who were then enrolled in the Bachelor Care Core Plan. And so we have a very similar setup. We're going to be comparing their your utilization in the um, two years prior to when they were enrolled into the Bachelor Care Core Plan with their utilization in the two years following uh, that, that period. And we found, um, again, very similarly, about a 35% increase in outpatient visits. Um, and a 36% uh, increase in emergency department visits. So these two increases were very similar to what we found in um, Milwaukee. And the increase in outpatient visits is very similar to what was found in Oregon. But we found also, but we did not see any decline in hospitalizations. In fact, we found a very large increase in hospitalizations for this 34% increase. Um, so my initial reaction was, this is good, might be due to the fact that our Milwaukee sample is very, had very, very high rates of chronic illness, and our Marshfield sample, both had, which had also had high rates of chronic illness relative to the population, was more typical of the Medicaid population. And, but when we adjust our results by trying to focus more on the chronically ill individuals in Marshfield, so they maybe look more comparable to our Milwaukee sample, we still found an so it wasn't, these differences weren't due to the differences in case mix between Milwaukee um, and Marshfield. Although, there's some very limited ways that we could adjust. We only could adjust on, um, on measures of rates of chronic illness from the claims. The demographics of northern Wisconsin and, and, and Milwaukee are completely different. So we were not able to, um, to adjust in any of those dimensions. So in summary, in, in Marshfield, we found an increase across the board, basically, in all types of utilization. Outpatient visits, emergency department visits, hospitalizations. So what seems to be coming from this, if I can summarize these, these you know, this one study, so Oregon and, and Wisconsin, urban Wisconsin, rural Wisconsin. We, found, we seem to be finding some divergence in results. Uh, we find in all three of these studies a large you know, roughly in the 30% to 35% range, increase in outpatient visits, comparing uninsured individuals to insured individuals. And perhaps this is the least surprising result that, that you might come up with, is that when people have health insurance, they're able and do go to the doctor more. Um, in terms of emergency department visits, we found increases in all three studies, but only large increases in Wisconsin. Did not, they did not find large or, you know, at all in, in, in Oregon. And again, maybe I didn't find the large increases very surprising, but they could, you know, whether they're large or not, whether they occur or not, maybe, um, you, know, uh, it, you know, whether you found those surprising or not really depends on what you were hoping to see, perhaps. But the hospitalization results are all over the place. We found big increases in Oregon and in rural Wisconsin, but large declines in Milwaukee. And that's where a lot of the money is. Maybe where a lot, maybe what if we were to met, we're not measuring health in our Wisconsin study, but maybe what 
might be closest to what they're getting at uh, proxies for health outcomes would be instance hospitalization, perhaps for that group, and finding very divergent outcomes. In terms of cost, we weren't able to measure it in rural Wisconsin, but we found increases in, in Oregon, declines in Milwaukee. So what could possibly explain all these differences? Well, at least in Wisconsin, it doesn't seem to be, as I mentioned, doesn't seem to be explained by differences in the case mix of the population. We found increases in rural Wisconsin, even if we focus on the chronically ill there. Uh, so it seems, I don't have an answer for you, I'm sorry to say, but it seems that the exhibit the, the nature of the existing health system that's on the ground and the environment that these health ex insurance expansions are taking place is going to matter a whole lot. We seem to, in, within a Wisconsin at least, getting very divergent results depending on where, where we're looking at an urban health safety net system where individuals are getting expansions to a rural group. Um, and maybe, you know, the populations between rural Wisconsin and the indigent population in, in Milwaukee are different in a large number of dimensions. Um, Dr. Katz alluded to some of these. They, the, the, um, perhaps, and we don't have this in our study, the population that were automatically enrolled in the core plan in Milwaukee also have other issues that are going on that are, you know, you know leads to, led to their unusually high rates of hospitalization in the uninsured period, where the, maybe the uninsured in rural Wisconsin actually were, um, you know, maybe being better served by their primary care system in some way or another. We don't, I don't know at this stage, but if we were to try to summarize what, what we should expect to see from Medicaid expansions to child adults, I would say we're pretty confident that we're going to see increases in outpatient care, uh, the demand for outpatient services. Um, I'd say I wouldn't be shocked to see big increases in emergency department visits, although there's some divergence across the studies in that. And what we're going to see in hospitals in terms of the, uh, hospitalizations, maybe ultimately health, probably on average, whether it's going to be, it probably will go up, I would make a guess, but it's going to really matter about what subpopulation we're focusing on. And uh, we might really find a lot of heterogeneity and divergence in results across areas that's really going to be matter. So the one size fits all isn't going to fit, and, um, and we're going to really have to do a lot more work in this area to find out what's going to happen. You want to know what's going to happen in, in your community or in your hospital or in your area, you know, you probably will have to take a look yourself or maybe, you know, are you more like Milwaukee or are you more like Oregon or are you more like rural Wisconsin? Maybe it's sort of the best, the best guess of uh, uh, information you can, you can take at this point. Um, so some limitations here. The, you know, there's a lot of differences in the health system, healthcare systems of these underlying healthcare systems in these three studies, which are not being able to take into account for in, in this. And, um, and, and that's probably going to be true in any study that is going to be very hard. And, and one should keep that in mind. And I think the, I was hoping and expecting to see declines in rural Wisconsin like we saw in Wisconsin, and we didn't. You know, that's sort of the, at the end of the day, that's because the healthcare systems in these two areas are very, very different. Maybe that's not, not the most satisfying answer, but that seems to be uh, maybe what the true answer is. So, thank you very much, and uh, look forward to your questions. I'm Ann Stevens, the director of the Center for Poverty Research at UC Davis, and I want to thank you for listening. 
The center is one of three federally designated poverty research centers in the United States. Our mission is to facilitate nonpartisan academic research on domestic poverty, to disseminate this research, and to train the next generation of poverty scholars. Core funding comes from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. For more information about the center, visit us online at poverty.ucdavis.edu.